podcast fuck I'm tired measure of a fan star trek podcast three nerds all of star trek chronologically uh nerds matt troy <laughs> hello and welcome to the measure of a fan a star trek podcast in which three nerds watch all of star trek chronologically i'm your host matt troy and joining me in the studio tonight we have Dorking Surrey, DJ Montgomery. I haven't lived in Dorking for like 23 years. I'm from Parts Unknown, Elliot Red. Hi, everybody. You'll never find it. <laughs> from Low Earth Orbit, <laughs> Elliot Red. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're going to watch Enterprise and then we like talk about Enterprise and Elliot doesn't like it and sometimes me and Patty do and then we like. We'll hang out and we talk about it. It's just great. <laughs> and you enjoy listening to it. I see. I was almost there. I mean, I kind of. I was better than mine. I'm I'm still suffering from a baby that just won't sleep or stop screaming. Elliot, do you want to go? You're pretty good with it, right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> three years now I've been stewing in this cell. The doctors tell me they're trying to help me, but I know they're just doing what they're told. Nobody believes the truth. Nobody believes a word I say. Wait, is this not Endangered Species Episode 6? Hey! <laughs> and there's a, a plug, for the, plug for the YouTube show, Matt and Elliot are on. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm very tired. It's been, it's a Sunday. We've we've all been had a busy weekend. We got together in person yesterday. That was fun. And now I'm just sat here drinking a pint of peach iced tea. So... <laughs> Oh, oh, that's great. Yeah, peach iced tea is the best iced tea. I agree. That's why I'm drinking it. So this week, <laughs> let's just get to it before I pass out. We are looking at Affliction, which was a story by Manny Koto, teleplay by Michael Sussman, directed by Michael Grossman. So the Sussman versus the Grossman. I don't know what their various <laughs> powers are. Sussman. <laughs> ah, fighter of the Grossman. <laughs> <laughs> and it first aired on the 18th of February. 2005 and we open with Klingon science which is about what you would expect Klingon science to be so there's like a Klingon scientist dude and then James Avery from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah also the voice of the Shredder in the 1980s Turtles cartoon wow yeah and then they inject somebody with Listerine yeah they put Listerine in another <laughs> Klingon and his head starts to sort of bubble that's it Hmm. Elliot, were you intrigued? 
Yeah, I, I wondered what made his head bubbling, but I guess it would have been all of the uh, the bacteria chemical reaction with the Listerine. Yeah, right? that's all Klingon be... ridges are, just bacteria build up. Yeah, and yeah. Give them a good clean <laughs> and they go smooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. Good. Well, <laughs> that's about as far as that Excellent. went. <laughs> and then we get our credits and then the Enterprise is flying back to Earth because they've given up on going to new places. <laughs> Let's just go back to Earth again. Fuck it. <laughs> We've got to take Trip to the Columbia. We can't send a shuttle for that. We've got to take the whole fucking spaceship back to Earth just so Trip can mope about his love life. Oh, Trip. What a nerd. That's pretty much the captain's log at the start of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't know we were going to be seeing a whole other ship. Yeah. Admittedly, you, you know, you have to be told... That's a different ship. Oh, but Elliot, <laughs> can't you tell the difference? They're so distinct. If you're an engineer, you could tell the difference. Oh, Trip, Trip could tell the difference. Trip I can tell, tell the difference, too. Apart from, obviously, the fact that one's got Columbia written on it in letters. Columbia also has two prongs on its uh, forward dish. And, and it's NX-02. And yeah. inside the ship, it has some glowing tubes on the bridge. Yeah. So it's, it's completely different. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing like okay. the original. I am so sorry. But uh, Trip's in his quarters, packing to leave the Enterprise, uh, and he's like, "Ah, oh, the Columbia." And then Topol comes in, and he's like, "I like well, that ship." Uh, the French champagne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he says Columbia is a very pretty ship, and Topol says, "I mean, it's basically the same ship." And Trip's like, "Fuck you! I can tell the difference." So the conversation <laughs> we just had. And then he says, are you coming to my going away party? And she says, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Why? It's like, because you make things weird, Trip. I don't know if you noticed, but you just make things weird. So I'm not going to your stupid going away party. I also hate specifically that. I specifically yeah. hate gatherings of people for emotional occasions. And then she's like, you know, you don't have to leave because of me. And he's like, no, fuck you. There are other reasons, like, you know, warp stuff and yeah. and Malcolm. What's the, other captain's, what's the other captain's name? Captain Hernandez. Hernandez. Captain Hernandez will let me le wear flip-flops in the engine room. So <laughs> <laughs> but mainly Malcolm. <laughs> and Seth MacFarlane's over there. So, yeah. but he was over here before, yeah. wasn't he? <laughs> now he's over there. <laughs> now he's over there. <laughs> he got transferred for some reason. I don't know. They found something under his pillow. <laughs> but uh, do you know who else has not gone to trips leaving? Do Flocks and Hoshi because they've gone for Chinese in San Francisco instead. <laughs> Classic for Flocks and Hoshi. So Flox and Hoshi didn't go. He wouldn't have invited Malcolm. Travis wouldn't have known it was happening. What? Who did go? Archer? Nah, he was busy. Porthos. <laughs> it was just tripping a dog. <laughs> uh, but Flox and Hoshi are leaving Madame Chang's, the place they talked about going like weeks ago. And Flox is like, oh, it's really busy. And Hoshi's like, yeah, I've told everyone about it. And Flox is like, but it was my special secret place. Yeah. What, like... How much pull does Hoshi have with like the restaurant community? I mean, she says it's because she's like a communications officer, so she communicates how good the restaurant is, I guess. Is she the secret restaurant critic? That's another one of her like secrets, as well as being like a martial arts expert, which we actually see her do yeah. this week. She's also, yeah, the uh, 
she's Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> but Flox has been uh, apparently offered a job with the Interspecies Medical Exchange if he would serve as their director of xenobiology. And he says, well, I was thinking about it, but I do like being on the Enterprise. And then two dudes, just these random dudes in hoodies, walk out and point guns at them. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do something. And then Hoshi, you know, I feel like she tries to kick one. And I know, Hoshi, your signature move is breaking dudes' arms. That's what you should have done. Yeah, you should have gone for your swan attack. (laughs) Form of a swan. (laughs) What noise does a swan make? Crack. Has anybody in this podcast actually seen a swan? Yes, we live in England. <laughs> I've seen them, but I don't converse with them. There's one that lives on the canal in the city. Which is in Wales. Anyway, one of the men shoots flocks, and then they hit Hoshi with the gun, and she goes down, but she hears them speaking a different language as they leave. And then she passes out. It was Welsh. It was Welsh. Flox has been kidnapped by the Welsh. <laughs> um, did Hoshi get hit in the head? Yeah. Okay. She got a bruise on her face later in the episode, so that's how you know. She realistically, I guess, you know, if she's concussed, then yeah, okay, fair enough. Because I was like, she would definitely recognize Klingon. Was it a Klingon? Oh, were they speaking Rogelian? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's a foible. That is foible material. So she's unconscious now, but then later on, Archer and Malcolm are also there investigating the crime with Commander Collins of Starfleet Security. Does it not like jerk ass, like one off character? They're always like a jerk, aren't they? I think we see Collins again. Are they a jerk in the future too? I think I think Collins is a just generally she's a jerk, yeah. Because basically Malcolm's got all these good suggestions and she's like, no. Like, Malcolm's yeah. genuinely going, it could be a transporter, and she's like, nah, it's not going to be a transporter, is it? Don't be stupid, Malcolm. Yeah, like, they've met Dr. Transporter. They know loads about transporters. And then she says, it's probably that guy who harassed Flocks in a bar weeks ago, and Malcolm's like, that was just a redneck hick. He wouldn't organise a kidnapping like this. With a transporter. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Collins is just not very good at her job. Pretty clueless. She makes Malcolm look, you know, like the best choice. Well, competent. I wouldn't say the best choice. No. <laughs> the no. better choice. Yeah. So, yeah, Archer basically says to Malcolm, can you check with Starfleet Operations if the satellites picked up any transporter activity at the time that Flox was kidnapped? And Malcolm says, yes, I can. And then we cut to engineering on the Columbia, where Tripp's just straight up giving the whole crew a bollocking, and he's not been there ten minutes yet. Yeah. He's just like a new broom swipe, uh, wipes clean, isn't he? He's, he's just being... That annoying boss. Yeah. So does that mean that... Do you think he did this regularly on the Enterprise? Or do you think the Enterprise crew is that much more shaped up, you know, tip-top on form that he never needed to? Or do you reckon that he literally did this, like, every two weeks? No, I just think that he's, he's like, taking his emotions out on these poor people. Oh, okay. You, you think it's not necessary and that he's just being emotional trip? Yeah, he's just been a jerk. Pretty much. Pretty much. This is where we see Seth MacFarlane as Ensign Rivers, and we also meet Ensigns Pierce, Biggs, and Wedge. Sorry, Stroll. (laughs) I was thinking that, too. (laughs) Yeah, Tripp's like, we can get this up to 0.3. And 
Seth MacFarlane says, but the manual says 0.5. And Trip says, I don't do manuals. I mean, he does. Yeah, he He's, does. He fucking loves him. Read manuals yeah. yeah, shut up, Trip. You big jerk. <laughs> so when Trip's giving these these poor engineers a bollocking, Captain Hernandez walks in and says, oh, Trip, you're here and you didn't report to me. And he's like, no, I wanted to come give these guys a bollocking first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always say, be a dick first, ask questions later. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's fair enough. They are pricks. <laughs> hey, why didn't so you come? It was necessary. Why don't you come and have dinner with me later? And also, you need to take that Enterprise patch off your, off your arm and get a Columbia patch put on your arm. And... I like that the different ships have different patches at this point because in the original series, Elliot, the ships all had different insignias on the chest where the Starfleet Delta goes. It's only the Enterprise that has the arrow shape we know and love. And all the other ships had something else. And then it was only all the Star Treks after that where they all got the arrowhead and now even Star Trek set before the original series do that too. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but I I miss the days where they all had their own ones. So what does that arrowhead signify in later series? Starfleet. Yeah, the it's just the Starfleet symbol. Yeah, yeah. But originally in the original series, it was just the Enterprise symbol. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but then it, it's also the Starfleet symbol before the original series as well. Somehow now, so who knows? It's all a rich tapestry. Yeah, it is like the Bayer tapestry. Yeah. Can anyone name another tapestry? Yeah, that's pretty much the one famous tapestry there is. <laughs> And isn't that technically not a tapestry? It's like a cross stitch or something. I don't know. It's actually a 3D print. Oh, okay. (laughs) Elliot, what's your opinion on the Bayer tapestry? I don't know. I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is? It's the tapestry Um, that tells us all about the Battle of Hastings. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I studied that battle. (laughs) What did you learn? that we lost (laughs) I I think technically we won I mean yeah aren't aren't the we's the ones that are I thought the the French won and then we all got French they weren't really French well they were French we're all French we've been French for hundreds of years it's it's complex because I've just been listening to Dan Carlin's uh, hardcore history about the the sort of last era of the Vikings. And technically speaking, the Norman French were, I guess, like the the sort of the Vikings that have settled in France. Also, like Saxon England. I mean, I saw fucking bullshit. I'm Klingons. This is why racism <laughs> makes no sense, by the way, because we're all from everywhere. This is true. So on the Enterprise, uh, T'Pol says to Archer that a Nobulan ambassador has told all of Phlox's wives about his kidnapping. And Archer says, and does that help us at all? And T'Pol says, no. Except for his wife, Lucy, who wasn't available for comment. (laughs) (laughs) But she says, apparently, Hoshi sort of heard Phlox's kidnapper say something in a different language, but she doesn't remember it. And Archer says, well, do a mind meld with her. And T'Pol says, oh, we're just going there. We're just running right at that now, are we? Yeah, that's what we're doing now, right? <laughs> and Archer says, fuck yeah. And T'Pol says, I, I've never really done it before. And Archer says, well, I can mansplain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> because I had a Vulcan in me head for four days, and now I'm more Vulcan than you. Oh, yeah. I mean, ugh, that whole thing. 
of him having a Vulcan in him. I mean, it sounds like a bad joke, doesn't it? The Vulcan was inside you all along. <laughs> or just, you know, have a, have a little Vulcan in him. Yeah, would you like some? No. <laughs> would it be the ear? Because no. Oh, no, no. The Vulcan in the ear. Is that how cutters are put into people? Through the ear? <laughs> it's, all, it's all horrible. It's the same as that fucking horrible worm that Khan puts in people, right? Yeah, it is. That's a great it's, reference. Oh, Vulcans are no better than that Khan bloke. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the worm makes you go mad and kill yourself. Yeah. I mean, we didn't see what happened with extended exposure. You think that, like, eventually you just get used to the worm? No, I mean, with the Katra, maybe you just become the Vulcan. Maybe oh. it's like it's like how whatever Professor X did at the end of X Men Three, where he's like, "Oh, I'm in the new body now," and the next time you see him, he's like, "No, it's my body again." Maybe it's that worm is somebody's girlfriend who said, would you love me if I was a worm? And then the wind changed and they stayed like that. (laughs) (laughs) What? Wait. So many missing steps. (laughs) When did she actually turn into the worm? (laughs) I don't think that's how it works. It was like, the first and last third of a story. Where was step two? <laughs> something, something, profit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we go from Archer's worm girlfriend, I think, to yep. the Enterprise's armory where Malcolm's like, oh, the satellite was taken offline for maintenance during the time Fox was kidnapped. So he tried to contact Starfleet Operations to find out why. But doesn't get through. Instead, a man wearing black leather <laughs> appears on the view screen. <laughs> and Malcolm's like, oh, it's you. I love how Malcolm now, like, to, to compliment Hoshi, Malcolm now has a secret life as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the man in black leather, who is somehow outranks Malcolm, even though there's nothing on his outfit to show that. He Le- just... Let's call him Leather Daddy. Admiral Leather Daddy says to Malcolm, well, I can tell you why the satellite was down, but you have to meet me at this place in San Francisco in one hour. And Malcolm's like, okay. I'm in outer space right now. Yeah, but they can just transport now. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel that, you know, like Malcolm, why you just transport to the surface? Ah, well, I had to meet a man in leather, in, right? Okay, yeah, that's fine. No, yeah, that's fine. typical Malcolm. Yeah, that's plenty, plenty of info. <laughs> His name was Daddy. Nope, too much. No, no, Malcolm, <laughs> come on, no. Back to your hole. hole. <laughs> and then Topol is mind melding with Hoshi, but Hoshi's like, it's not working. And Arch says, Topol, you've been too emotional. And Topol is like, I will break your fucking neck. <laughs> he says, See, yeah. what did I say? This is what I mean, yeah. <laughs> But then they do mind meld, and Topol and Hoshi realise that Hoshi heard them speaking Rigelian. It wasn't Welsh then. No. no. Although I think, uh, you know, Welsh comes from Rigelian originally. I mean, absolutely, yeah. 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 Uh, and then Topol's able to tell Archer that a Rigelian freighter left Earth a couple of hours earlier. A, uh, sorry, a couple of hours after Phlox was captured. And it was meant to travel to the Proxima colony, but its trajectory took it somewhere else. And then Archer's like, well, let's cancel surely for everybody. We're going to go after Phlox. I'm going to go speak to Admiral Gardner, who we've still never met. Oh, we're not. Admiral Gardner, very much the Maris of Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. And again, as I've mentioned before, 
we've downgraded from forest to garden. So the next one is going to be like Admiral Balcony or something. <laughs> and then in San Francisco, it's foggy because there's clandestine shit afoot. Malcolm meets Admiral Leather Daddy, who says, well, yep, I shut down the satellites. And Malcolm says, well, do you know where Phlox is? And Admiral Leather Daddy says that the section that they both work for needs Malcolm's help. Malcolm says he used to be employed by them, but he's not anymore. But now he is again. So, you know, you can never escape the section. I just want to say that I fucking hate this subplot so much. <laughs> I, I know that we kind of don't, we try not to get ahead of ourselves in this. I mean, it's quite easy in Enterprise because so much of it is forgettable, but I remember this subplot. I hate it. It's so, <laughs> so annoying. Can I just, out, just out of clarity, do you hate this, the whole thing, like the setup, or do you hate the payoff of what the secret is? Because I'm intrigued. Like, can't lie. I just kind of like hate this weird little Malcolm subplot. But yeah, I mean, at, at the moment, it's fine. It's nice that there's something interesting ha- happening. I just, yeah. I, like I said, I don't usually like like to try and step in with too much foreknowledge of the future plot of Enterprise here without being a bit cloak and dagger. It just, just fucking bores me to death. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. It's, don't worry, I can relate. I've uh, I've got some <laughs> points to make about this. Well, the, well this element of it. At the end, but we'll get into that at the end. Admiral Leather Daddy says to Malcolm that if you don't help me, Flocks will die. So we go to a Klingon laboratory where Klingon scientist and James Avery are there with like liquid and shit because that's what you have in a lab green liquid. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, two Klingon soldiers bring Flocks in. And one of the Klingon, this is so fucking weird. It's the Klingon scientist whose name is Antak says, oh, hello, we've met before. And Flock is like, nope. And he's like, oh, no, I was at this medical conference, but Klingons don't get invited, so I disguised myself as a Maserite so you wouldn't recognise me. I got in my note, I disguised myself as a Maserati. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so, oh, yeah, you were that talking car, I remember. Ah, <laughs> you said you were an Autobot. <laughs> And I I couldn't remember who the Maserites were if we'd met them yet. And we have. They were the ones yeah. uh, who... Do you remember that Vulcan ambassador who was supposed to have committed a crime and then they were chasing her? That was that, that was the Maserites. Yeah, they kind of like got weird like ear things going on the side of their heads, right? Yeah. Not to be confused with the Grazerites who were like the cow people. <laughs> you remember like there's that... Federation president and he wears like an elaborate headdress and I was like always wondered why he wore like this weird headdress but apparently it's because he's got horns and they're like a cow people. Jarish Inyo? Deep Space Nine era? Is that the yeah, one? Yeah, that's the guy, yeah. yeah. I used to have a uh, I bought it in Waterstones back in the day the Federation passport which had a little letter of welcome to the Federation from him in the front of it. Yeah, I, I don't know where it is anymore. But Antak apologizes to Flox. He's like, look, I'm sorry about the warriors, but we need your help. We're fighting the greatest, greatest threat since the Herc invasion. There's a reference that you'll get in like 10 years. And yeah, we couldn't just ask you because we're Klingons. So we've kidnapped you. I hope that's okay. It's not. It's absolutely not. And they're like, well, we can't take it back. So yeah. Otherwise we look like a bunch of cucks. So, yeah, he's stuck there. Yeah, you might as well just help us now. And then he says, I will not help. They point guns at him and he says, I will help. Mm-hmm. Wise. 
back on the Enterprise, T'Pol can't detect the Rigelian freighter's warp trail anymore. <laughs> and then Travis is like, oh, this speed will intercept in 8.2 hours. And Arch's like, right, we need more speed. Engineering. And then there's a pause. And he's like, uh, engineering, Commander Kelby. And we see this dude, Commander Kelby there. He's like, yes, Captain, make us go faster. And Kelby's like, I don't think I can. And Arch says, well, trip did, you little bitch. <laughs> Let's face it, he was either editing his podcast in work or he was writing a short story in work like nobody <laughs> we would know. <laughs> I do find it interesting that you, you see the shot of him coming to the like comms unit whatever, to respond to Archer and it's well after the second time Archer's engineering. So they heard that and they were like, you go answer. No, you go answer. No, I'm you not fucking answer. <laughs> I, I did label this scene as God, Kelby. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kelby. If this is this is something Star Trek does a lot. Anytime you get a chief engineer who is not the regular chief engineer, they're either useless or a prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any replacement officer usually is right. Yeah. As a doctor, they're usually okay. But I think Next Generation season one, when Geordi is not the chief engineer. You oh, had yeah. like three or four different chief engineers appear in that show, and they were all fucking awful. Yeah. But yeah, Kelby's like, I'll try and make you go faster, Captain. I'm sorry, don't fire me. <laughs> and he shakes his fist at the phone. Ooh, <laughs> and then we cut to the Columbia where Trip's having dinner with Hernandez, and he's like, I like the food. And Hernandez, yes, I stole the chef from another ship. Kidnapped him <laughs> at gunpoint. Shanghai him. <laughs> And yeah, they they talk. That's it. There's not nothing really interesting in that scene. She does say, "Oh, I wonder what changed your mind because I tried to get you to transfer and you wouldn't, and now you have." And he's like, "I don't want to tell you." And she's like, "Is it a girl?" <laughs> <laughs> if only like we could just sum everything up with, and then they talk. And then Trip says, "You fuck my captain," and she says, "I don't want to talk anymore." Yeah. <laughs> uh. Something has switched off the desire to talk. <laughs> Excellent. Then we go back to the Enterprise where T'Pol is meditating and then you see her in her mind in a white void and then Trip walks up and they're in each other's dreams even though Trip is not asleep, he's daydreaming and he's like, I'm in, you're in my dream and she's like, no, you're in my dream and then they're like, well, let's leave each other's dreams and they go, oh, okay. Do you know the weirdest bit about this is? It's the bit when Kylo Ren, I mean Trip, uh, speaks to I mean to Paul, like what the fuck? Like <laughs> you say, Star Wars ripped off Enterprise. Yeah, I think they did, <laughs> and they picked the shittest thing they could. <laughs> <laughs> this because yeah, because they watched this and were like, no one's ever gonna know we stole from this because they're not gonna care. <laughs> this is fair, yeah. <laughs> and then Paul wakes up from her meditation. She's like, oh, well, that was weird. And then Archer says, can you come to the bridge, please? So she does. Because they found the Rigelian freighter and it has been blowed to bits. Oh no. And Malcolm is scanning it and then he deletes his scans. Ooh, shifty Malcolm. And he says, yeah, I don't know what's blowing it up. And Archer's like, oh, all right, well, let's try and find the data recorder then. Yeah, see, I I don't know. It's obviously feels like most things in Enterprise do slightly wasted because they should have been building this up from season two or three, preferably. Like this, as you guys, I think you guys have pointed this out that, you know, Malcolm's previous really weird and unexplainable behaviors that we explain just by him being an appalling character yeah. could have been written into this 
whatever this is going to turn into kind of thing. I think there's been one thing we've picked up on, and I can't remember if it was season two or season three, when Matt and I said, this it's not, but this could have been foreshadowing for yeah. well, for this, basically. We knew that, because we knew this was coming, but there, there was one, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it was, but one thing was that it, could have been it used like as foreshadowing one with for his this. parents, or... Genuinely can't remember, but no. yeah, yeah. No, you're, um, you're right. But, yeah, I, I feel it. it. You know, this feels like a really interesting thing that you can do with a character, but it's again lessened by the fact that they've suddenly jumped into it after four years of watching this character go around his day. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, he's got a whole fucking thing that might. Oh, okay, whatever. But I don't know. I do find it more interesting than a lot of the things that Enterprise does, tries to do, nonetheless. I don't, I, you know, the payoff might well be shit and that'll ruin it all, but at the at the moment, the intrigue of mystery is afoot. <laughs> Why is he being a dick? <laughs> so we cut from there back to the Klingon colony and Flock says, well, it's a flu, this virus, but it is mutated. And Antak says, yes, yes, we know that. And Flock says, great, well, let's contact the IME which is the interspatial medical experts. Yeah, <laughs> the, the interspecies movie database. Database doesn't start with an E. A <laughs> E database. There we go. <laughs> but Antak is like, no, we don't need to call them. I have kidnapped another doctor. This, yeah, this is like, this plan just keeps getting worse, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, we, we've downloaded all of their secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's basically nicked all their data. And Flock is like, oh, okay. And then Antak says, oh, by the way, the virus is really contagious. And Flock's like, but you've exposed us to it. And Antak says, oh, no, but not till stage three. And this guy in the room here is at stage one because they've got now a smooth forehead man in the room who is a Klingon. And Antak says, well, we'd better kill him so we can study him. And Flock says, I don't think we should kill him. Can we just not kill him? And then the other Klingon <laughs> just kills him. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's just like, nope, I Request denied. <laughs> Pow! Right in the kisser. <laughs> this is like what Klingon ER would be like. That other guy is he's the George Clooney Klingon. <laughs> Every episode's only ten minutes long. <laughs> this Klingon <laughs> is ill. Well done, Doctor. Another successful day. <laughs> Doctor House, you are incredibly disagreeable. <laughs> I like this about you. Ha 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 ha. He just somebody or disrupts them. <laughs> I would watch that show. Yeah, I would watch that. <laughs> Klingon House, I would watch that. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. Of course, oh, it would god. be called House of House. <laughs> house, son of house, the house of house. And it's like, oh no! <laughs> and then that other Klingon pops in and goes, "I can see house from here." <laughs> this is my one joke. <laughs> I am not funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we go back to the Enterprise. Malcolm is talking to Admiral Leather Daddy again. <laughs> Computer, establish an encrypted comlink. Starfleet frequency, 79 Baker. Lieutenant? You told me the Klingons were going to rendezvous with that freighter, not destroy it. I regret what happened, but they had to cover their tracks. How many were on board that ship? That's not your concern. Have you analyzed the weapon signatures yet? Yes. 
You haven't told Archer. But I'm not certain how much longer I can keep this from him. Orion Raiders have been known to operate in this area. You want me to lie again? I could explain the situation to the captain. You have a peculiar sense of humor, Lieutenant. I work closely with the man. You can trust him. Archer is a Starfleet captain. His duty would be to report everything you tell him to Admiral Gardner. They would launch an investigation. I'm being compromised, sir. And I don't like it. Then I suggest you adjust your comfort level, Lieutenant. You made a commitment to us long before you joined the Enterprise. And he's all like, I don't like deleting data and lying to Archer. I quite like Archer. And Admiral Leather Daddy says, tough shit. Tell him it was Orion Raiders. They're my least favorite ice hockey team. <laughs> like this, this is something that I'm a little curious about. Malcolm, there's no way, there's absolutely no way for no one to find out what he's doing. There's like literal digital evidence of everything that he's doing everywhere. Yes. He should have absolutely known that he was definitely going to get caught with actual zero chance of getting out of it. Yeah. And as we will see very soon, it's the stupidest thing. Uh, but while he's on the phone to Admiral Leather Daddy, he, who reminds him that he worked for Admiral Leather Daddy before he was assigned to Enterprise, there's an explosion and Malcolm hangs up so he can go and do battle stations. Battle stations! Because they're being attacked by a Klingon ship. Have we seen this model of ship before? I don't know, but this is like my favourite of the like Enterprise era Klingon ships. It's just like... A little, it's, I think it's called like a scout ship or something. It, it's not because the Raptor is the bigger one, isn't mm. it? But yeah, it's, I don't know what it's called, but it's cool. I was trying to remember if this was the one that the the augments sort of like stole yeah. in that arc, but I think that one was bigger, wasn't it? Uh, no, that was quite small as well. Oh. Hang on, uh, hang on, ships, Enterprise. Yeah, I, I can't remember. But anyway, I, I, I like, literally I have this model um, from like the Eagle Moss collection. But I can't, I can't remember anything about it, really. But it's my favourite one. So the Klingon ship is shooting at the Enterprise, and then a bunch of Klingons with smooth foreheads. Boing, boing, boing. Boing! <laughs> boing, 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 boing. <laughs> We're they, awful. They beam on board. <laughs> Why do you always make it so I have to keep this shit in? Oh, they boing on board. (laughs) So there are Klingons springing onto the starboard bow. (laughs) Uh, And they're just shooting people, and then they do something to a computer terminal. They get in a firefight with some Makos. One of the Klingons gets shot, and uh, a load of Makos get shot. (laughs) And then the other Klingons beam out. Oh, so I've just looked it up. It's just called Augment Ship. It's it's about yeah it's like a little little sort of smaller than a bird of prey. And those are quite small. I think what the general idea of this ship was is to make like a cool like Klingon fighter ship, but mm. because it's like smaller, it it doesn't seem so weird that the Enterprise is able to give it a kick in around if it needs to. Okay, well it doesn't really because the Klingon ship runs away once its people have been back aboard. Yeah, but they've they've captured a Klingon, so that's nice. I think having having a transporter in a fight makes it like really unfair <laughs> it's something that later on because when you've got shields up you can't beam through it unless you need to for plot reasons so later on it won't happen so often unless you know plot indeed but Archie goes to sick bay to 
question the smooth head Klingon, and they're like, this guy's a Klingon, but he doesn't look like a Klingon because he doesn't have the forehead. And they're all like, ooh, this is odd. This is very odd. It's just a man in questionable blackface then, isn't it? Why do we do that? <laughs> it is, yeah, that is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Malcolm says maybe he was surgically altered to appear human, and, and Paul says, nope, I don't think so. There's something else going on here. <laughs> and then Archer's like, well, can we get the warp engines fixed? And and Paul says, it is Kelby, who's the chief engineer. <laughs> and Archer's like, oh, for fuck's sake, Travis, go and help him. <laughs> Poor Kelby. Uh, and then Paul says, we've got the data recorder from the Rigelian freighter, but the data's been erased. And Archer says, well, work with Hoshi to reconstruct it. And Malcolm goes, fuck. She's in so much trouble. <laughs> And then on the Klingon ship, um, Antak's pet Targ is trying to hump Flox's leg. Oh, yeah. That was cool. I enjoyed the Targ bit. Yeah. And Flox is like, why have you got a Targ out here? And Antak says, you've got pets out in your sick bay. And Flox says, yeah, no, they're in cages, except that one time that bat got out. Oh, yeah. We had to make like a weird swan out of paper to catch it. <laughs> and Hoshi just caught it in her hand because she is the swan all along. <laughs> She was the swan. All, oh my god! It was there. It was. It was notified. It was there. Oh, wow. she is just eternally all along. Uh, so it turns out this flu virus has come about because the Klingons, after Doctor Sung's augments, boarded a ship and kicked their asses. Went well. We need augments too. So they got some of the augment embryos that were left on that Klingon ship, and they've started putting human augment DNA into Klingons, but it's not quite going very well. It's causing Klingons to have smooth foreheads and also killing a lot of them. And that's why they need flocks to help them. Typical of this version of the Klingons that the Enterprise has shown me so far. They're worse than what I thought they were. I described them as like idiot buffoon bullies. They're worse. They are fucking toddlers. <laughs> they went, I want that. I want that. I see it. I want it. Give me one. Oh, it spat in my face. Oh, no. They're fucking toddlers. <laughs> yeah, it's a miracle they ever got into outer space, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Flock says, you know, those were like throwbacks. We don't Earth doesn't have augments. That's not a thing. And the thing was like, well, we still want them. <laughs> and then Flock says, okay, well, this information would have been helpful at the start. And the Klingon's like, no, I don't. Oh, no, no. You're a bad man. I need an adult. <laughs> <laughs> and then back on the Enterprise to Paul and Hoshi <laughs> trying to reconstruct the data from the Rigelian recorder. <laughs> and then like, so is it normal to have weird dreams after a mind melt? Because I've been having <laughs> sexy trip dreams and I don't like it. <laughs> Paul's like, oh no. <laughs> and then Paul's like, um, I need to go back over here now. <laughs> but they managed to recover the data. They've got a thingy that was used to erase it in the first place. And Paul says, this was accessed by Malcolm. He's the snitch. <laughs> Comes in and goes, Sir, you know you've always been looking for an excuse to go at Malcolm. Well, I'm going to make your day. <laughs> Sweet. So, Archer calls Malcolm to his ready room and he says, So you erased the data. And Malcolm's like, Well, how would you possibly think that? And Archer says, Because I made to poll, double check your work. And Malcolm's yeah. like, I did not think of that. <laughs> Because it shows that you logged in at seventeen fifty nine, and then it says that you deleted. The, that's 
you know that like everything is logged, right? We do logs, you know. Everything is logged, you know. Starship, start no, ring the bell, Starfleet, captain's log, the <laughs> ring the bell, yeah. <laughs> and Topol also redid the scans, and it was Klingon weapons that destroyed that freighter. What do you have to say <laughs> to that? I, mean, I was like, well, she might be wrong. <laughs> yeah, he is like fucked, isn't he? He is. Malcolm, how many torpedoes are left off the top of your head? Well, I don't know. No, because you log things. This is why we log things, you <laughs> moron. It was logged. You fucking dunce. And then he relieves him of duty and throws him in the brig. Good. Where he belongs. So then they're in the brig, and Archer comes to see Malcolm and says, so we're going into Klingon territory. Do you know where Phlox is? And Malcolm's like, no, on my word, I do not. And Archer says, yeah, don't got time for your word at the moment, because you're a lying little shit. You are an absolute wanker. <laughs> and Malcolm's like, I'm not working for the Klingons. And Archer says, well, who are you working for? And Malcolm says, I can't tell you. It's like, well... I'm working for your mom. <laughs> oh, and then half the crew comes behind Archer and does that meme of the people bustling around the guy who must have said something really cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And then Archer says, well, you're going to get a court-martial and your dad, who was in the Royal Navy, is going to be ashamed of you. And then Malcolm cries. He pretty yeah, much does. He's, like, he's already ashamed of me, Captain. <laughs> Like, they specifically did just add a, a reaction shot of Malcolm going, Oh, he's right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> also made Archer seem a little mean. <laughs> Archer is mean now. This isn't... If you think back to season one, this guy wouldn't be showing anyone a textbook. No. He'd be giving them wedgies instead. Let's let's go and, uh, let's go and watch a water polo match in my yeah. quarters. You know, do you know I cut off my best alien friend's antenna? <laughs> Malcolm, where's your antenna? Malcolm needs an apology log. <laughs> and a chainsaw. An apology. That was a really good try. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm. So back on Klingon. No, that's not the name of the place. <laughs> on the Klingon colony. Uh, the Klingons are getting impatient with Phlox. And he's like, well, you know what? You know who'd be better at mapping the Arik Sung stuff? Arik Sung. And they went, well, we tried to kidnap him, but he had too many guards. You were just with a swan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I suppose you're right. And then, like, we're 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 going to go and kill all the people who've been infected on this colony. And Flox is annoyed by this. And the Klingons are like, "No, no, we're Klingons. It's just what we do. Just our thing." Oh, fucking Klingons, man! Like, it would probably be the worst thing to be kidnapped by Klingons. It'd be very tiresome because because you know that it's like. You can't get through to them. They're probably wrong in what they're trying to do and want you for anyway, so you probably won't be able to help. So it's like, oh, fuck, this is just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but Flox is not cooperating now, so they just take him away, presumably to lock him up in a cell or something. Don't kill him, though, do they? Not yet. Or indeed, ever. Sorry, Adam, but then <laughs> they're not gonna. What? Where is the honor kill that that other Klingon had? (laughs) Then we cut to the Columbia, where they're going to leave, and there was a weird moment where Hernandez says, Hail the Dock Master. I definitely heard Hail the Dark Master, though. (laughs) Yeah, I've got that in my notes. Hail Dark Master. It's like, yes! (laughs) (laughs) Are we we doing rituals now on the bridge? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you spotted that. I was laughing at that. (laughs) 
It's like, hail the Dark Master. Captain, Dark Master, hail the Dark shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm not in a cult. Yeah, it's like a 22nd century satanic panic going on now. (laughs) And then, because Trip has done such a good job of bullying his staff, the Columbia leaves space dock and goes to warp. Hooray! Back in the Enterprise, the brig has two cells. It didn't in season three, but it does in season four because they needed to have this scene where they have two prisoners in two separate cells. Malcolm's in one and Smoothhead Klingon gets pushed into the other. Yeah, these 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 Klingons, they just look like Soundgarden, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. hair and the goatee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the smooth foreheads. Soundgarden were known for their, <laughs> their smooth, foreheads. smooth foreheads. Like They're not like any rockers. Because of their, like, tans, it has to be a sort of a, you know, <laughs> like a sort of a California rocker or something of some sort. And then Malcolm and the Klingon talk, and the Klingons are like, if I'd betrayed my captain, I would be immediately executed. And Malcolm says, I wish I was executed. I wish <laughs> I was a Klingon. I dream about being executed all the time. <laughs> and then on the bridge, the Enterprise is at war. It starts to shake. And Travis says there's a malfunction with one of the devices that helps with warp. And uh, conveniently, slowing down would blow them up, so they have to start speeding up. We're doing Star Trek speed. The film speed, not the yeah. velocity. All oh, right, I was going to say not the drug. <laughs> well, who knows what drugs they're all on. Uh, and so they they have to keep going fast, and so Paul has to go down to engineering because no one can trust Kelby to make them go fast. Yeah, he's a bit of a dickhead, isn't he? Is. he? He's a prick. Archer goes down to the brig and says to the Klingon, what you do? And he's like, I don't know. And Archer says, if we blow up, you'll die too. And the Klingon says, yeah, that's kind of my thing. So that's an empty threat. Yeah, I'm a Klingon. I love dying. Yeah. And then Malcolm's like, let me out, Captain. I can help. And Archer just, rightly so, ignores the little prick and walks out. Yeah, shut up, yeah. Malcolm. Absolute <laughs> Clem. Yeah. In engineering... Kelby notices on the screen that Klingon writing comes up and, you know, he's like, did you see that? And T'Pol's like, yeah, be specific. Come on. Come on. And yeah, they've they've got some Klingon shit in the system. And then they have to push the engines to warp 5.2 in order to not blow up, but they can't hold that speed for long and they're going really fast to be continued. It was Dennis Hopper. Oh my god, all along. All along. All along. So last night I watched this episode of Star Trek, and it was about the ship that couldn't... <laughs> it was about its speed, it had to keep its speed about 5.2. <laughs> I think it was called The Enterprise That Couldn't Slow Down. <laughs> That's like one of the classics. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right, so, so this episode is doing two things to tie it in to later Star Trek. Elliot, the first thing is... Section 31, which was introduced in Deep Space Nine as the Federation's sort of, you know, secret police. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's that thing where to make paradise, you have to have some people who are doing assassinations and shit. And Deep Space Nine did it quite well. No other Star Trek has. Yeah, there's going to be a series about it soon. It's going to be shit. It's it's, uh, been dialed back to just a TV movie. Oh, great. That's... Perfect, yeah. That's better. I actually might accept that. Yeah. I just couldn't stand a series about it. Like if you wanna if you wanna like see that done well or 
well, not the C, but read that done well. Read one of Ian M. Banks's culture novels yeah. because it will be better. Yeah. But I think for you, Elliot, watching it this way is actually not a bad thing because you've got the intrigue. You're like, what is this? And then when you see it on Deep Space Nine, you'll be like, this is even better. Yeah, well, we're just like, Ugh. I mean, you're <laughs> okay. probably like that anyway, right? I would not have guessed that it was a secret higher level faction of Starfleet. Like, you know, the, the equivalent of the like Marvel Illuminati or MI6 in general to Starfleet. I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have thought it was a completely separate faction that maybe Malcolm used to be a fucking raider or a bounty hunter or something, you know, and actually had a different life. He is a section operative. And then the other thing these episodes are doing is... Elliot, have you ever seen pictures of Klingons in the original series? Possibly, but I can't recall Okay, one. they were literally just men in blackface, smooth heads, just, just blackface, very... Um, oh, really? You know... Uh, Eastern... fact, Elliot, will you Google original series Klingons? Yeah, just do it now. Yeah, sure. Give me a sec. Oh my god. Yeah, they they look like um, who's the bad guy from Flash Gordon? Ming the Merciless. Yes. Ming the Merciless. Yeah. yeah. I mean, effectively, that's what like they were doing. Yeah. They wanted to create a, effectively like a Ho Chi Minh style villain, I believe. The um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's all quite a bad taste and. Really, the when the movie period kind of changed the Klingons to so the Klingons that we sort of know now, it was a good thing. Yeah, so the, the the lumpy foreheads first came in in the films, and then that's just how Klingons looked, and it was never mentioned. And then there's an episode of a later series which flashes back to and uses footage from the original series, so they had to address it. But they just sort of do a hand-wavy thing. They have a character say, it's not something we discuss. It's actually very well done. That was absolutely fine, but you know what fans are like, and so Enterprise was like, well, we'd better explain this. And that is what also makes it really annoying when they change the Klingon makeup again on Discovery, because it's like, no, you've canonized the makeup changes now. You can't go fucking with it again. Yeah, yeah, it's confusing for all concerned. So, yeah, we we've got a whole... Not even just one episode, a multi-part episode about why Klingons on the original series had smooth foreheads. That is why this episode exists. I feel like there's a huge similarity, and possibly it's just because of the amount of time it's been going, between the like things that people and writers and fans want to be explained on things that people are happy just being something that's not consistent like is between comics and star trek oh yeah like the the the, like you know the uh the batman animated series with mark hamill and kevin conroy yep the best performers of those characters there's there was a a change to the justice league where that those versions of those characters continued on to a justice league cartoon or something along those lines or maybe just the the batman series itself had a change but it continued on and a bunch of the villains got redesigns yeah and so Scarecrow got like a way more terrifying. Joker changed his face a bit up a bit. And yeah, all the villains got completely redesigned. Uh, and it was just, you know, a new cartoon. So the villains were designed new. But uh, comics being comics, a writer went and wrote an explanation story for every single villain's change between the cartoon. Oh. Please, please tell me it was because they all went out and had their hair done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for some of them, it might as well be. You know, some of them it was just this story with nothing to do with anything, and then at the very end they make an offhand decision to like wear a different hat or something. But 
some of them it was like no they they went they fell into a another vat of acid and got even more changed and stuff like that and it's just like <laughs> stop falling that's in the acid. exact kind of that's the exact kind of thing that i'm seeing yeah. again and again in star trek now is is somebody going oh well i really like this this needs an explanation and yeah fans going, no what the fuck that doesn't make sense and somebody else going oh well this can just be inconsistent no one cares and fans go what are you talking about that's really hard to follow like it's it's something that i think all these long-running things you're right marvel comics dc comics star trek doctor who as well yeah i think yeah, there was yeah. a l- bit too much of this sort of thing in the stephen moffat era chris chibnall's done a bit of it as well but i think he was more successful with it than some of the moffat stuff but yeah. as much as i've enjoyed those episodes but still and I, I i can only think of one example of it being sort of done successfully and that is to go very nerdy here Kurt Busiek, the comic book writer, his run on the Avengers in the late 90s and early 2000s, where he didn't, he used it to tell good stories rather than telling the stories to explain the changes. Right, right. Which is the difference, but it's something that so few people latch onto. Now, I'm going to be honest, I did enjoy this episode more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, same. But it's not exactly great stuff. Nah. No, it's, it's as usual with Enterprise. It's the potential for a good story is like in the mud somewhere, but it's just covered in mud. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of, yeah, same thing as, as you, PJ. I, I kind of enjoyed it, but yeah, again, it's still feeling like too little too late, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, very much so. And I hate this Malcolm subplot. I, I mean... It's kind of it really goes against the Malcolm that you know, and I know they're kind of like fucking around with the characters a little bit, like making Hoshi into a swan and all that. But <laughs> I, I just feel like that we know what motivates Malcolm. We know a lot about this yeah. character, and we really kind of don't need this like weird. Like it turns out he was a secret agent, or is it just because he's British? Are they trying to do like some Bond thing? Because like he's so so awful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I mean, not Dominic Keating, who's great, but um, yeah, but just like you know, Malcolm is just a bit of like a sort of a, a random nerdy, it's a kind of feel of British people who know the reference, Mark from Peep Show character, yeah. who's yeah. now being like granted this like weird super spy subplot. I don't think it's warranted. No, yeah. I think I think Elliot's right. This is the sort of thing they needed to be trying to seed from the beginning with Malcolm. If there'd been a darker edge to him or moments of mystery, questionable things you could question with him, then yeah. that would have been fine. And I actually yep. think the we've talked about it before how um I recently I was actually on um Dominic Eating and Connor Trinia's podcast, the Shuttle Pod show. They interviewed Brandon Braga and he was the one who said, Well actually the, my idea was that the first season would be on Earth and then they'd go to space at the end of Earth with the launch and the network were like, no, nope. um, which yeah. we've mentioned before as well. But that would have been a prime place to actually see some Section 31 stuff if you yeah. had all of the Earth set and have this with Malcolm and introduce the cast more gradually. We could have seen the creation of Section 31 where they go, right, we've got a ship out in space now. I want another team of people looking over their shoulder. Yeah, they could have like... You know, when the Makos came on board, it could have yeah, been them. It could have spied off from the Makos. The Makos could have gone back and said, right, this is what's happening out there. And they said, oh, I'm not sure I'm happy with that. All right, I'm going to turn you into a new team that's going to keep an eye on them. Yeah. This is, but this is also, though, 
Berman and Braga trying to do what had been done well on Deep Space Nine. and Well, actually, not even really Berman and Braga this time, just Enterprise trying to do what had been done well on Deep Space Nine and falling short. Yeah. If Malcolm's a fucking super spy, why did he do it so shit and get caught so obviously? He's not a super spy, really. He's just a spy. <laughs> he's a bad spy. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's like a terrible, terrible person. The thing with the security teams on in Starfleet at the moment is they are much more they don't do any of that undercover shit. They're more there for just fights. And we've seen Malcolm be good in a fight and that's what yeah. he's there for. Pointing guns, shooting things and punching people when they need a punch. Uh, yeah, and he's got better at it as well over the years, which is yeah. you know, what should be happening. But yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's quite funny actually. Memory Alpha puts this episode in three different ongoing storylines, which is just stupid <laughs> oh my god if there's the klingon augment virus the augments and section 31 in the 22nd century and it's like this is too many storylines <laughs> come on yeah come on for one episode but yeah there we are that is affliction anything else we want to say about it no like i said it, it was it was fine it just yeah there's a lot of they're boiling a lot of pots at the moment yeah. aren't they yeah better than i was expecting but I was expecting a pile of poop. So <laughs> they'd been told they were cancelled by this point as well, hadn't they? So they were introducing this knowing that they only. Oh no, had they like, they like, hadn't yet. Like the oh we we the audience knew um, oh. when this episode. I was thought you released. said in the previous episode we watched that this is the episode the cast were told that the no show no was the being no the episode on. we watched where uh, the news was broken to the public that it was cancelled, but the cast were working on, I think, uh, three episodes time. Right. So they didn't know they were cancelled at this point. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, our next episode, Elliot, is Divergence. Right. So, um, more Klingons. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's figured it out. <laughs> well, join us next week for Divergence. Um... We will, uh, well, maybe not next week. Our schedule's erratic at the moment. Apologies. It's all Ensign Jeffrey's fault. My my little baby Ensign, he's, he's a lot. This this is exactly what I said. You shouldn't have hired an Ensign that was yeah. also a baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, that's on me. That is on me. He's, he's He can't even push buttons at the moment. What the hell? No. And how did he write a CV? How did he get through Academy? What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, you need to look at somebody who's doing the paperwork for you because they're making mistakes. He's a, he's a nepo baby, effectively. You know what? He moment. just turned up in his baby growth as a Starfleet Academy 2023, and I assumed that meant he graduated. So, oh, I mean, we are short staffed, right? Yeah, yeah. He genuinely has that baby grow as well. I'll uh, I'll get a photo awesome. out there. I'd like to thank our, uh, our occasional guest and friend of the show, Baz Greenland, for buying him that baby growth. <laughs> But yeah, join us next time for Divergence. In the meantime, you can find us online in various places. Links in the description. I'll put a link into Vince Hunt's YouTube channel as well, where you can now watch the complete series of Endangered Species featuring Matt Croy and Elliot Red rolling dice and, and making questionable decisions. It was great fun. <laughs> and I do recommend that you guys check it out. Because I, I mean, I've until this happened, I never actually listened to a gameplay podcast before. I know that you had Patrick because obviously we you know you done it while we were like working together uh, in the past when you were sort of listening to like D and D podcasts. So 
I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And that's very evident throughout most of the episodes <laughs> when I'm asking people which dice is which. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was super fun. And, the, and each episode gets successively better as it goes along. This last one is my absolute favorite. Yeah, I think that they, they that is definitely, uh, I share that opinion. Yeah, that they get better as they go along. Not that the first episode isn't good, it's good. But then it, each episode just gets more faster paced and action packed from that point on to the point where the fifth episode is a literal non-stop ride. Amazing. I, I haven't watched episode five yet, but I'm looking forward to it. And if you do check out Endangered Species and enjoy it, there's a whole season of Safe Space, the other show Vince ran that I am a part of, which is returning soon for season two, set in the same universe as Endangered Species. I think we'd love it if you guys just went and watched all of it. Everyone listening, go check out everything Vince has on his YouTube channel. I'll put a link in the description, but we're all involved and it's great fun. We think you'll have a blast. Uh, there's also our coffee if you want to donate to our show to help us make it a little bit better. Uh, all money goes back into the show and we hugely appreciate any donations we receive as well as rating and reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. A five-star rating on Apple Podcasts helps the show no end. You have no idea. I don't know why, but it does. So please do that if you're able to. Again, we'd hugely appreciate it. Come back soon for Divergence. Uh, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. I'll do my best Come back to the edit. Soon. We will speak to you soon. Everybody take care. Hail the Dark Master. Hail the Dark Master. <laughs> <laughs>